to be hardcore, you want to be extreme, well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes, and please be drunk when you hear it. We've got Bush. I like to fuck. Do you like to fuck? It's just money shots, uh, chairs all over there. Those guys with bang busts think they're a good deal. My dick is small. <laughs> oh fuck dude well done <laughs> thank you well thank done you. i love it <laughs> that was our new season four intro this is the first time either you guys have heard it yeah and i just recorded i just rec- i wish i would have started from the beginning of it but i got video of you guys reacting to it i'm gonna put that on uh, twitter <laughs> oh dude i'll that probably was put so it on twitter good. that day yeah oh my god that <laughs> yeah. was great yeah. Dude, and I didn't put that reverb on that. Something weird happened. That's the way it sounded. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't know how it happened. That was a real yeah. boner sound effect. Totally, totally. Yeah, and Carissa made Carissa made an appearance with tits. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. That was from the uh the uh amazing Valentine's Day episode from the show. Right. That was when we did the uh um, it was Tori, Tori Maurice, and Candace Michelle, I think. That's it. Yeah. 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 So lovely. Like, well done. I- like I want to point out, so or not necessarily me pointing out. Carissa really pointed out and called us out for having a very sexual intro for being a wrestling show, right? And going into this, I'm thinking, okay, maybe Eddie cleaned it up. Uh, we have more <laughs> wrestling sayings in there. No, no, it, <laughs> no. Double down. <laughs> no, I'm kind of a one trick pony to be honest. Yeah, he just went harder into the sex. That's all. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, well boy. done, dude. Kudos. So this that is a great intro. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Well, Adam, int- introduce uh, the show. All right. What's up, Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes? <laughs> Welcome to the season four premiere of Drunk Wrestling History. Season four. We made it. Uh, my name is Adam. I'm your drunk or I'm your designated uh fuck host Th- threw you off dude yeah he's flustered yeah he is there's so many sexual things in this head going right now <laughs> no more blood upstairs it all went downstairs <laughs> work damn it work <laughs> and they are the legendary drunk wrestling historians this is eddie i'm drunk i'm old and i'm fucking tired and i work with fucking children <laughs> <laughs> and this is Scott, the man of a thousand and four drinks. <laughs> nice. Excellent. All right. That we are ready to jump into season four. We thought, yeah, we, thought we, we'd uh, get to this point. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, when we started this, I would have had, I had a, well, we've talked about it before. We thought maybe we'd do 25 episodes or maybe 50, and then we hit 100, which was crazy, and we hit, we should be at way more, but we haven't done them every week, you know, but yeah, it's been a solid three years, three years of doing this, and we've, I don't think we've skipped more than one week at a time. I think we've been every, at least every other week, and hopefully going forward, we'll be, we've been bad about doing every week. Um, this should be the third episode in a row you guys are hearing. Hopefully we'll have one next week and we're going to be on more of a semi-regular schedule, I think. Yeah, we managed to keep this going through COVID too, because basically we started the show and three months later, boom, everything's shut down. So, it, hey, yeah. kudos to us. A nice little Barry Horowitz pat on the back, keeping this thing going <laughs> through COVID and adjusting because we always did it in person. Uh, we overcame, we persevered, and here we are, beginning of season four. Well done, guys. Yeah. Yeah, and thanks to you guys for listening to the show. Like, if you, if we didn't have any listeners, we wouldn't still be doing this. But especially yeah, it'd be cool if you guys bought fucking shirts. But you know, yes, and left reviews on iTunes. That would be great. But um, yeah. But I mean, overall, like our downloads have just done nothing but get bigger and bigger. You know, we we've had, we had a dip during COVID, of course, like everybody did. But I mean, overall, the show's only gotten bigger and bigger. So that's why we keep doing it. So we're glad you guys enjoy it. We hope we can make you laugh on your shitty fucking commute to work, or while while you're doing something shitty at work, I guess. Right. Or, uh, or dropping a Tessa at work. Or dropping a Tessa at work. Yeah. So you guys keep listening. We'll keep uh, drinking. Especially, yeah, we're more over than Chris Masters, brother. <laughs> way more over. Especially in the very recent last few weeks, some very, some new, very enthusiastic new listeners. So welcome all of you uh, to this adventure that uh, we have here at Drug Wrestling History. Totally. Uh, first off, uh, we mentioned... To that you need to get some fucking shirts. You could go to the fucking website, whatamaneuver.net, get those drunk wrestling history t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, and onesies for the miniature drunk marks and drunk marquettes, especially uh, in 6 and 12 pack. And if, if you have them coming out in 6 and 12 pack, thank you for listening to our show, Nick Cannon. But uh, we have... <laughs> <laughs> but want you to get that shirt to look like a true drunk wrestling historian <laughs> what a maneuver.net buy a fucking shirt buy a fucking shirt if you want more designs buy a fucking shirt and we'll make more designs ffs and yeah, yeah for a special show like this of course we have drinks at hand what do you gentlemen have I'm drinking the beer that I've been drinking since the Halloween episode, the Hen House Brewing Company out of Sonoma Cal County, California, Oyster Stout. It's a stout, like a Guinness type, you know, um, but it's made with oyster. So you've been drinking that since season three. I've been drinking it for two weeks. Nice. <laughs> yeah. You're a trooper, dude. Uh, yeah. So I also am finishing off my beer from two weeks ago. The... Uh, Belching Beaver Peanut Butter Milk Stout. I'm just about... That's maybe three more sips. And then I'm moving on to uh, Quilter's Irish Death. It's a dark, <laughs> dark smooth ale that is called Irish Death, and it has a skull on the black can. So I think I'm in for quite a treat. Yeah, I mean, if that'll kill an Irish person, it's going to fuck you up. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. Because I'm Portuguese. Like, that's going to kill me. Yeah, right. And I'm still finishing off some Teddy's root beer from Everett, Washington. All right. Calm down nice. over there, Adam. You're getting out of control, dude. <laughs> Just settle down. Slow too, down on the, too the much, root beer. Too much root beer. You got to work tomorrow. That's true. <laughs> too much beer and all the blood is rushed downstairs. So. <laughs> exactly. 
Shit's about to get wild <laughs> on this episode. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, so, uh, for for our season four premiere, in the drunk fashion uh, that we are and that we always intend to be, we are going to be covering a variety of wrestlers gone wild. Yeah, so the idea of this episode is we've done, I think before, like our season two premiere or something, we did uh, Greatest Drunks, or maybe that was some milestone episode. Um, This one I thought we should do like story time with Drunk Wrestling History where we tell some of the craziest drunk wrestler stories. So it's just times when guys were drinking and shit got out of hand, basically. Which is similar to the Marty of the Party episode. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But not limited just to Marty. Right. I don't have Marty on my list. Same. Yeah, I figured we already bludgeoned him enough in that episode. (laughs) We honored him. What are you talking about? Oh, good point. Yeah. We we accepted him into the fold of us. Right, right. (laughs) Um, So I guess we'll do like we did the other on the other episode. Just kind of go around the room because we each have uh, a few. All right. Well, uh, you went first last time. Let's start with Adam this time. Okay. All right. Uh, Hold on a second. All right, to start start off, I'm going to go with the our Olympic gold medalist that won uh, gold with a broken freaking neck, the All-American hero that is Kurt Angle. Uh, I, I don't know if it's... Ne- so, based on your description of, like... I just went with uh, drunk instant drunk incidents and uh, details that I got from it. Not like, but hopefully this covers it anyways. When he uh, jumped to TNA uh, in 2006, starting then he was practically brought over to be the top guy. And if not, I would say one of the top three guys in TNA, I would figure if you're a top guy, you could probably afford to have a chauffeur or some shit. And especially if you're just going to (laughs) be taping in one location, Maybe you shouldn't be doing as much driving. Uh, But he managed to get four DUIs in (laughs) six years. (laughs) Was he going for a record? (laughs) Yeah, he was trying to beat Sonny. True true American hero. He's going to he's going to go for it. But but he's going to be the best. But holy shit. (laughs) Four and six. And all Damn. right, okay. And then one of those, uh, I think the most recent of those, uh, it was a show in Virginia. Uh, he got got pu- got pulled over, got uh, got booked up. Case got thrown out because it was revealed that he blew .06, which is under uh, the state limit of .08. So. He managed to survive that one. He skirted on but, that one. Yeah, yeah. but but st- but still, that uh, like being caught that many times in that period of time. Holy shit, USA! He wanted USA. a gold medal. Yeah, yeah. he wanted a gold medal in drunk driving, dude. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> He's the greatest drunk driver of all time. <laughs> I guess he is better than Sonny too, because he never crashed, right? Well, no, Sonny's uh, better because she actually took somebody out. From everything oh, that I've read, on. no, uh, doesn't look like he hurt anybody. Knock on wood, yeah. but yeah, still caught four times. Yeah. No, Kurt's wearing yeah. a silver medal in this one, dude. 
Yeah, and like in a way, we really shouldn't be joking about that because like drunk driving is actually not funny at all. No, it's you fucking I mean? stupid. No. And when and when Jeff got busted last time, I tweeted like, "Dude, I love drinking, but like, come on, you know that's doing that's not cool." But six times in four years, or four, what was it four times? Four, in six four times years? in six years. Well, I mean, let's be fuck. fair to Kurt Angle. Uber wasn't a thing back then. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he didn't have a choice. I mean, not that I'm making an excuse for him, but look, like in current day, there's zero fucking excuse. Like, do not drink do, and drive today because fucking Uber's a thing. Lyft is a thing. There are so many options. Don't be an idiot. There's, yeah, there are now automated yeah. uh, driverless cars that'll get you. Like, go old school public transit. Take a fucking bus. There's no do shame something. in that. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. or just get a hotel room. I've done that. There have been times I didn't come home from San Francisco before Uber was a thing because uh, the train shut down after, at, at midnight. And I didn't feel like going home. I'm like, oh, I'll get a hotel room for the night. Get a hotel. So there's always a car a on the street if you have to. Do fucking something. Yeah. So I feel I almost feel bad laughing at him, but damn, dude. Well, I mean, I mean look, it's, it's a what, drunk podcast. We're gonna riff. We're gonna laugh. Yeah. But at the end of the when day, do, don't be fucking stupid. Yeah. When you do it that many times, you're gonna get goofed on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. On on a drunk podcast, drunk wrestling show. On a drunk podcast. Yeah. yeah. All right. You want me to go next? Sure. All right. I'm going, Mister Perfect, Kurt Henning. Okay. And of course, the plane ride from hell. Oh. <laughs> Kurt Henning got drunk. I mean, we've all heard the Ric Flair helicoptering story on the thing. Like, Right. I'm not even going to go there. I'm going Mr. Perfect because this dude blew his chance. He had just gotten back into the WWE, was given a, a pretty decent mid-card run, but he got drunk on the plane and he challenged Brock Lesnar to a fight. He lost the fight, but then he almost opened the emergency door on the plane. <laughs> so in all of the casualties that the plane ride from hell caused, Kurt Henning was one of them and was fired shortly after, like almost like the next day after the plane ride from hell. Yeah. And unfortunately passed away just a short time later, which makes you kind of question, had that not happened and he right. was still in WWE, would he have been surrounded by the guys that would have not allowed him to go down that hole where he passed away? Yeah, maybe kept him in line. Yeah, and so that you just start to question those kind of things, and it really fucks with your head a little bit. Like, damn, like all the what ifs. But Kurt Henning made my list for that reason. Okay. Um, so I have one that's not related to that, but has sort of a similar incident. Um, I had heard bits of this before, but I really just heard all the details a few weeks ago. I don't know how many of you guys are watching um, Tales from the Territories, but if you haven't been watching it, it's fucking great. It's so good. And I mean, I have to, um, I had to actually buy this, the TV show because I don't have that, that uh, channel. So I had to buy it on Apple TV. It's worth it. It was like 20 bucks for the season worth every penny. What's I've it watched, on Vice? Uh, it's on Vice. Yeah. Okay. Um, which I don't have because I have YouTube TV, but it's totally worth the money. So I can't recommend it enough, especially if you actually have the channel, don't have to pay for it. Um, so in your story, it was Mr. Perfect tried to open the door. Now, they did that um, Dark Side of the Ring episode about the plane ride from hell. Right. And I think it was X-Pac, but it might have been someone else who was on the plane, said, um, yeah, Perfect was trying to open the door, and we didn't realize it at the time, but it's impossible to open an airplane door while you're flying. Um, which I don't know if that's to do with just the speed of the plane, you know what I mean? Like, you can't push it. Like, try pushing open a car door while you're on the freeway. Yeah, true. You know? okay. So, I guess it might be that. I don't really know. <laughs> But whatever the situation is, Mad Dog Vashon did open a door on a plane. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So this was in the AWA. Um, and Mad Dog was totally fucked up. 
Vern had bought, and this might be why it was different. He had bought like a low altitude plane. So it doesn't fly as fast, doesn't fly as high. So maybe on a plane like that, you can open the door would be the difference. But so they were flying. I forget where they were flying to. I should have written that down in my notes, but uh, who would want details, right? Exactly. Um, it's a drunk thing to do. Yeah. So he was going to meet his um, his girlfriend or his fiance's parents on the trip. Like they had a show in the town that they lived in. He was going to go work the show, go meet them and then fly back, I think, back to Minneapolis. So he was nervous. So he asked Brunzel for something to help him with, with being nervous. And um, Brunzel gave him two Dexedrines, which are like speed, like prescription fucking speed. And I think he was like, take one, you know, take one, but then save the other one or whatever. Well, he ends up taking them fucking both. Then he drinks um, a pint of whiskey, I think, before the show, goes and wrestles. And then there were a bunch of beers in the back in a cooler. They don't know how many beers he drank, but when they all got back to the back, the beers were gone. So oh, you know, he might he might have drank them all. Maybe someone else drank a couple. Um, then he goes to dinner with his uh, fiance's parents. And <laughs> he shows back up. So he comes back, meets them at the uh, airport. He shows up and he has like, um, I think it was uh, barbecue sauce and wine, red wine all over his shirt. <clears throat> so they don't know how much wine he drank, but he was drinking red wine. And he grabbed he grabbed another pint of whiskey on the way back to the plane. This guy sounds like you and Nola. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, so he's totally just wound up completely fucking crazy so he's on fucking speed he's on all this booze um ganya greg ganya gives him a joint to smoke to try and calm him down that's actually smart okay yeah but it doesn't i guess it's not enough so someone else gave him a fucking quaalude oh jesus and i think that's he kind of passed down. out on the plane Shit. he kind of passed out or at least could calm down so like everything's cool they're flying and i think it was ganya described it as it felt like something hit the plane while they're in the air and they turn around and uh, Mad Dog had opened the door to the plane and he's hanging. With, he's got his ass hanging out of the plane. He's like dangling backwards from the plane, holding onto the inside with his ass sticking out of the plane. <laughs> the and they're, of, course, of course, they're freaking out. And then he gets back inside the plane and he starts throwing shit out of it. He's throwing people's gear and oh, boots. Oh, dude. Just tossing, tossing shit out of the plane. And then, you know, he used to carry a chain. This part of the story seems a little strange to me, but I'm just going to assume it's true. Um, he put the chain around his neck and he somehow tethered it to something in the plane. And he went to the door, leaned out of it backwards, oh. just, just hung. He wasn't holding oh. on with his hands. He was just the chain was all that was holding him in the plane. Oh, dude. So, yeah, with it being a lower speed plane and a lower, you know, altitude and everything. I could see how it wouldn't suck him out. He could maybe do, you know, you've seen all those old videos of the guy standing on the wings of the plane. Right. So like the physics of it makes sense. I just, I mean, that sounds so fucking insane. And that chain would have had to have been as fucked up as he was. He would have had to chain, make the chain the exact right length. And you can't tie a chain into a knot. Right, so, right, right. So I don't know how he did that. Um, I question whether that's true, but either way, it's completely fucking insane. So the pilot <laughs> ends up making an emergency landing it sounded like it was at an airport, just the wrong airport, because there was like fire trucks waiting and police and everything when they got on the ground. And um, the cops are going to arrest him, but they let them, they were like, fine, get his ass back on the plane, get him under control, and we'll forget this ever happened. And then they end up strapping him to the seat for the rest of the flight. <laughs> oh, dude. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my first one. <laughs> 
Holy shit. Yeah. I think we could just stop the episode right there. Right. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> so to continue with the episode. That's yeah, you're just, up next. I mean, how do you top that? I mean, putting your life on the line, you're really affecting everybody else. That's fucked up. Okay. I think I'm going to top it. I think I'm going to top it, but I think I might do my last two in different order because I think my next one isn't going to top it, but my last one might. All right. All right. You're up, Adam. My next one, uh, something that uh, we did re- reference back in the season two premiere, and I want to bring her up again, Serena Deeb. Oh. If you remember, she was part of the Straight Edge Society with uh, CM Punk and Luke Gallows. Uh shaved head and cleansed of the evils uh of of uh everything out there and just great great gimmick yeah just being being straight edge so she's found in a bar during this gimmick <laughs> <laughs> and uh it it eventually leads to her being fired and or released from her contract for not uh, living up to the gimmick that she is portraying. <laughs> that just... was the kind of thing that was over in Ireland or something, wasn't it? I think they were. Oh, I think they were in Europe. I want to say it was Ireland. Oh, when it happened, but I could be wrong. Oh, then God, the temptation is just insane. Then yeah, right. Yeah, like, yeah. Even if you That's... are playing a straight edge character, like come on, you're fucking Ireland. That's the kind of thing where I could see like. And then remember, I was like, they did that angle where uh, Punk had been spotted at a bar with when he was doing the feud with Jericho, and Punk oh, was like, yeah. "Yeah, he was like, yeah, so what? I have friends who drink. I was hanging out with them, and yeah. it was kind of like, well, they could have done that with Serena. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? She was with friends. They, yeah, yeah, it could have been addressed that way. Oh yeah, she was there, but she wasn't drinking. They could have even addressed it on TV. Oh, right. everybody on Twitter thought I was at a bar. Right. But that was the kind of thing that, to me that was so dumb because. I guess I can see her thinking where it's like, oh, it's not kayfabe anymore. You know, no, who cares? It's not kayfabe totally. or we, if I'm at this isolated of a location, what are the we? realistic chances? This is like bef- like 2010, 2011 before every, like right before everybody having uh, their camera or that, that, well, uh, I mean, this that is concept. Uh, I mean, that was the year of like the iPhone three, you know, everyone didn't have it. <laughs> No, but I mean, odds are someone in a odds are someone in a bar is going to have a phone, uh, camera phone, and uh, I, yeah, camera phones were already existing. So yeah, yeah. Sense. But what I'm what I'm thinking is like they didn't have separate heel and babyface locker rooms anymore. So I could see right. the way she would be thinking like, well, I don't have to live my gimmick when I'm not at work. But fucking run it by somebody first, you know. Go to Johnny Ace and be like, hey yeah. man, you know, some of my friends, some of the other uh, uh, guys are going out to the bar. Can I go with them, or is that a no no? You know, just right. ask the question first. But she was just like, oh, no, it's cool. And went out and did it. And, you know, it's the kind of thing someone someone above her wouldn't have gotten in trouble for it. You know, gotten fired. But, you know, she was expendable. Right. Right. So she, totally. she didn't have that. Yeah, she didn't have the pull in the company to do something like that and get away with it. But that was just a it was a stupid mistake. Yeah, is all. But it, but it was funny. <laughs> it's just funny as hell. <laughs> and, now, and now she. <laughs> She's one of the toughest wrestlers on AEW. She's the professor. Mm-hmm. The yeah. woman of a thousand holds or a thousand yeah. and one holds. And yeah, she, she's great. And like, she's a heel, but God, I love her. She's amazing in the ring. But totally, but, totally. But damn, what a mistake. 
Yeah. Okay, well, Adam, I'm glad you brought that one up because my next one actually kind of walks hand in hand with that one, albeit many, many years earlier. And this is the first time that I ever heard of wrestlers being bad. And (laughs) in a place they shouldn't have been together. So I'm going the Iron Sheik and Hacksaw Jim Duggan when they were on what I would basically call a uh, leaving Las Vegas car trip where they're both (laughs) hammered and under who knows what substances or the influence of what substances caught driving under the influence together. Uh, Oh boy. And at the time, this was like 1987, I think. And both guys were supposed to be in a feud with each other. (laughs) Then they're caught in a car together, completely inebriated. Now, this is when like wrestling was still quote unquote real. This is when I was still not smart to the business. This is not long after Stossel got slapped. No, this is quite, two, a, quite a well, while. Well, two afterwards. years? I mean, it's only two years after fucking he got hit, right? I don't know, dude. I thought that was like 84. Okay, three years? But I mean, yeah, you're talking the same three era. Years. Yeah, Right, you're talking the same era where a wrestler would slap a journalist in the head for asking if it's fake. Right, exactly. So when you have a program on television, like the top American babyface, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, the top foreign heel, the Iron Sheik, they're supposed to hate each other's guts. They're not supposed to be riding down the road together, drinking fucking road beers, and doing lines of coke off the dashboard. Oh, shit! Well, that's what these guys were doing. Oh, shit! (laughs) This was bad for three reasons. Number one, we discussed it earlier, a DUI is never good. It's stupid. They were enemies in the ring, and the cops found coke in the car. (laughs) The only one that really paid any price for this was Sheik. Because Hacksaw Duggan, we know, went on to have a great career in WWF and WCW. Mm-hmm. But this was kind of the end of it for the Iron Sheik. Like, I wonder if this is what kind of broke him and made him the the madman that he is today on Twitter that we all know and love. Because, I mean, Sheik went on to basically not wrestle for WWF again, went to WCW for a cup of coffee, and that was it for him. Well, he came back in the lead up to seven with Sarge. Well, yes. But, but that was like, it. But it- I don't even yeah. think that they referenced that he was the Iron Sheik. They didn't. No, like, he was Mustafa. just Colonel Mustafa. He was an entirely different character. Well, because we were mad at Iraq that year instead of Iran. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, exactly. That, just another thing like Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, All-American, and yeah, just like mixing in with these actual existing world conflicts, that just makes it even more crazier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Excuse me, exactly. Which I, when I read about this, I'm like, wait a second. These guys hate each other's guts. Why are they in the car together? Like, I remember being legitimately shocked that this happened, like, just blown away. But, hey, (laughs) cocaine's a hell of a drug. (laughs) And you know what I never thought about it until right now? But Hacksaw went in the, or Sheik went in the Hall of Fame before Hacksaw. Yes, he did. Uh, To be fair, though, Hacksaw had a longer career. So, timing-wise, maybe. I don't know, because Sheik was around in the 70s. They might have had... Uh, well, I mean, Hacksaw retired later. Well, I mean, he retired later, yes. Yeah. That's, okay. Sorry, okay. that's what I meant, is he retired right, later. Right, right. So, right, okay. In terms of getting into the Hall of Fame, that actually plays out right. Okay, all right. Okay, I'll get to my next one. Um, you know, I forgot to mention at the beginning, before I did my first one, um, one that I thought about doing, but we have like our five-year... Like, we, we sort of have... I don't know if we've ever mentioned this, but we sort of have like an informal five-year rule since it's a history show. We don't really talk about anything that's happened unless it's more than five years ago. Um, but Velveteen Dream setting his phone up in the bathroom to record people's dicks. Oh, dude. That's a pretty good one, but it doesn't count, you know, so I'm not using that. But <laughs> that's a pretty fucking funny story right there. And he said he was drinking. Yeah. Um, so yeah. 
Yeah, he said EC3 was doing coke, which I was like, that's kind of a fucking dick move to put that out there. But I guess totally. fucking. But I guess I don't think I don't think Choose Your Own Adventure Wrestling is gonna drug test EC3. <laughs> choose your own so, adventure. Yeah, isn't that what it's called? <laughs> choose your narrative, dude. I'll choose your choose narrative. Your, okay. It's not a which way book. Okay. <laughs> okay. So my actual one is um, about Vince, Brett, Owen, and basically the entire roster. And Adam's pointing like he had this one on that, his list. That was going to be my next one. So yeah. Okay. Overlap. So I'll just. I'll listen, go over. Yeah, I listened to this. Uh, it was uh, Bret Hart uh, covered the story from an Inside the Ropes event. I listened to and holy shit, it was brilliant. Yeah, Bret told the story multiple times. The first time I heard of it was when he went in the Hall of Fame. Um, he told, I, th- I think it was when he went in the Hall of Fame, he told the story in his speech. But um, I also read it in his book where he went into more detail. He kind of glossed over it in his speech, but he goes into a lot more detail in his book. So basically the gist of it is they're working in El Paso. This is the day before WWE is going to start doing drug testing. Um, Cause this is when Vince was in trouble for steroids. And <laughs> so Brett and Owen show up to a strip club. They're in El Paso and Hogan's there. Brutus is there. Legion of Doom is there. Anvil's there. Davey boy is there. Like everybody's at this fucking perfect was there. They're all there. So they show up. And here comes Vince. He said Vince's tie is undone. And Vince, he said Vince walks into place totally shit-faced. I don't know where he had come from. Um, maybe like the hotel bar after the show. I don't know the. I don't know where anything in El Paso is. I don't know if the strip clubs are anywhere near the arena. I don't know if the arena is near downtown. W- whatever the case was, Vince shows it shows up to the strip club fucked up. Patterson's with him trying to talk him out of hanging out, but Vince is sort of. Brett said v- Vince wasn't known for hanging out with the wrestlers. But Vince was kind of like, dude, it's the last time we can hang out before I got to start drug testing him. <laughs> so, let's, <laughs> so let's have a good time. So Slaughter offers to fucking basically uh, chaperone Vince for the night. So Patterson splits. He's like, fuck this. This is a bad scene. I'm getting the fuck out of here. He takes off. Um, so the most notorious part of it was where um, someone suggested, I think Hogan might have suggested um, that the road warriors hit the doomsday device on Vince and before, oh, before, before you haven't heard the story. No dude. Okay. So before Vince could even really react, animal gets behind him, picks him up on his shoulders, Hawks on the fucking strip club stage, holding onto the stripper pole. And he, he's about to hit him. And he kind of, he must've second thought it. Cause he, uh, Brett said he looked like he was going to fucking hit him for real. And he just barely hit him, you know, can't kind of hit him soft and when Animal dropped him, Hogan and Beefcake caught him. They were standing behind him, so they caught him. Okay. Well, after that's done, Anvil says something to Brett to the effect of the Hart Foundation would have done it for real. And Brett was like, damn right we would have. So then he, they kind of get a look like, well, you going to do it? And Anvil fucking grabs Vince, picks him up. He acts like he's going to hug him, and he picks him up off the floor. And Hogan gives Brett a look like, do it. And everybody clears out of the way, and Brett legit hit him with the clothesline for the heart attack. Yeah, dropped his ass. Oh shit! Dropped him on the floor. Um, So now they, so now they've uh, doomsday devised and heart attacked the boss in a strip club. So they stick around till the place closes. Hold on, Uh, I I think uh, Brett's also said that when he uh, went down to like check on him or get him up, Vince says. You owe me a drink, pal. That's right. That's, <laughs> that's right. He did say that because he ordered a double doers. I was like, yeah. Oh, Lord. Doers. Yeah. 
Um, so by the end of the night, they're turning lights on, trying to get him out of there. Davy Boy's got Vince over his shoulder, looking for a, pa- a place to power slam him. He oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and eventually the club ends up calling the cops and running him out of there. This is three a.m. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whatever time strip clubs close in El Paso, anyway. Dude, this is like um, the bit after a match, like that they don't show on TV on Raw, where like everybody hits their finish on the big heel. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Like holy yeah. shit, dude. Right, right. It's like they're running a train on Vince, but with finishing moves. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Brett said he loaded his car up with strippers, and everybody, uh, nobody wants to go home. They're all like, let's go to Flair's hotel. Oh, brilliant. So they all head over to Flair's. He said it was 30 cars. I don't know who was in these. I don't, you know I mean? I don't know how many. He didn't have 30 names, with, but he said there were 30 cars. With the police escort. Oh, well, there was a police. Okay, I didn't hear that part. Okay, yeah. so there's a police escort. So they get to the hotel. They don't have a key, of course, but Vince fucking schmoozes the uh, clerk, gets a key. They go up to the room. Flair isn't there. He's out still. Oh, um, <laughs> shocking. Earl, Earl, yeah. Earl's there asleep on the uh, rollout bed. So they wake Earl up and they're like, let's party. There's a bar in there, but there's just one bottle of vodka. So they just split the vodka. They all drink the vodka. Then they're kind of almost done. And then someone pulls out a bag of weed. Brett, so they end up smoking. So they end up smoking all that. Brett said that uh, was it. Brett's weed. Yeah, I think like before the strip club, somehow he got his hands on it. Like somebody gifted yeah. it to him. And yeah, I and think like, he knew even, someone in El Paso. Even he was calling every sign. Like, oh, this night is even at the strip club. This night is dead. Let's uh, call it a night. Let's call it a night. And here he here he is uh, running back to his room, getting this pillowcase or half a pillowcase. <laughs> Filled with weed. <laughs> yeah, right. Size right. amount. Yeah. Yeah. So then Vince goes into like Henning mode on the plane and starts wanting to wrestle people. He wrestles oh, he dude. wrestles Henning. Uh, he wrestles Brett and they both kind of went easy on him. Hercules is there. So he wants to wrestle Hercules and Hercules apparently like tossed him in the air and he bounced off the bed um, and somehow landed on his feet. Oh, shit. And he, and he told Hercules in the morning of I remember any of this, I'm going to fire you. And Hercules actually did get cut a few days later. That's awesome. But I suspect Hercules probably failed a drug test. It probably wasn't because of this. Most likely, yes. Right? Because, I mean, you know, Hercules wasn't passing a fucking drug test. Right, right. Yeah, so I assume that's why he got cut. And then he finally calmed down when he started fucking with Anvil, wanting to wrestle Anvil. And Anvil kind of was like, hey, did you ever see Die Hard? Remember when Hans Gruber fell from fucking Nakatomi Plaza? And Vince kind of just backed off. And that was sort of the end of the night. And Brett said he um, passed out leaning on a stripper, which I imagine was had to be a career highlight for him. <laughs> but but at, dude, but also Brett says that for whatever reason, he started peeing on the bed. Oh, that's right. They peed on Flair's bed. Oh, dude. I totally it, forgot. I forgot. And I, I, th- I think it was like, maybe it was Kurt Henning's idea, but Vince was the one that enthusiastically agreed and went for it. And <laughs> yeah. he, I think he was able to convince like uh, three others to do so. Oh, and my Flair, God. And Flair never showed up. <laughs> <laughs> he was in full nature. He mode. was nature. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. There was never an update on him. <laughs> And I think Vin- That's awesome. and I think Vince paid for the whole thing as well. Yeah, yeah. Wow. 
And that's it for that one. So that's kind of everybody going crazy. Next, what a boss. Next WrestleMania yeah. trip, we need to book our room under Ric Flair. See what happens. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> we'll stay at the Omni. <laughs> Damn. All right. LA, you've been warned. Find us. So, Adam, you want to go? No, uh, that's practically the overlap because that was my third one. So it's you. Okay. Yeah. I've got a quick one and then I've got my last one. Okay. So this one goes back to, as Adam would say, the year of our Lord, 2014. And the game publisher 2K had just come out with WWE 2K14. (laughs) And they're holding an event where Ric Flair is speaking and Jim Ross is supposed to be in charge of him. Problem is Ric Flair's hammered. Oh, boy. (laughs) And Jim Ross can't control Ric Flair. So instead of holding Ric Flair responsible for the dumb shit he's saying at this company-sponsored event, the WWE fires Jim Ross. <laughs> shit. You want to talk about an innocent victim catching shrapnel. Holy shit, dude. And I think that was the last time he got fired, right? Did he ever it come was. back after that? No. Yeah. That yeah. was that. Yeah. That was that. Yeah. He so. t- I wish, you know, I wish I would have thought of that one because um, he talked about that in his book and I could have gone in there and, you know, written down some notes about it because that's a it, yeah. great story. But I don't, I don't really remember much of the details. I mean, you covered basically everything I remember about it. Yeah. Um, but but it, uh, it's just one of those quick ones I wanted to get in in between. That's like, a great one. Because it's so ridiculous that Flair yeah. fucking shows up. Here's Flair again. You guys had him in your story. Here he is naching again. Yeah. And he gets right. fucking Jim Ross fired. Yeah, and it's like the company like expects that from Flair, so they let it go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like, Jim oh, Ross, goddammit. What are we going to do? He's playing his Tom, <laughs> fucking Tom Brady card, practically. Yeah, right, yeah. You, you, can't, you can't fire Flair for being Flair. <laughs> right, exactly. So my last one is, unfortunately, Jeff Hardy. Okay. And I'm going back to 2011. You should have started with that one. Now we're going to end on like a bad note. Well, it depends on how you look at it. TNA's Victory Road 2011. Oh. Yep. Title match between Sting and Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy's your champion. Sting comes out first. No, they st- announced Sting. I-, I thought Sting was the champion. Was Sting? Uh, let me, was he? Let me look it up. I thought Jeff Hardy was champ. Well, it probably doesn't matter. Does, doesn't matter. Yeah. So... <laughs> they announced Jeff Hardy. He doesn't come out. And usually when this happens, you're thinking, okay, there's like something going on backstage. He's been jumped. No, he finally emerges. And then when the camera pans in on his face, you can see he's fucking hammered. He's under the influence of something. So you've got Sting and Hardy in the ring. And Sting is like very clearly perturbed. Bischoff comes out unannounced. And you think he's like shaking hands with the competitors and like offering his best. But in reality, he's giving instructions to both guys. Like, okay, here's how the match is going to go. Sting's clearly in no shape to wrestle. This is what we're going to do. We're going to put Sting over in a minute. So he changes that. It's pretty smart. He changes the match to a no DQ, which in case Hardy starts to go sideways, Sting can get a little physical with him. Right. And force the outcome of the match. Yeah. Ultimately, Hardy didn't do anything dumb. Sting hits a weird scorpion death drop for the finish out of the corner. Um, dude, Hebner threw up the X before the match even started. <laughs> like he saw Sting I didn't know and he's that. like, oh fuck. Or he saw Hardy and he's like, oh shit. As soon as he came through the curtain. <laughs> yeah, Hebner's throwing up the X. 
I've seen the match, but I've never noticed that. Yeah, Hebner throws up the X almost, almost immediately, dude. So <laughs> they, and that was the main event of the card. Like that's the last match. And right. so the crowd doesn't know what the hell's going on. Like even after he hits uh, the finisher, it's like he either gets up or sits up like it was nothing. Yeah, he's like, what did I do? What yeah. happened? What's going on, guys? Did you just uh, hit me? Right. What happened? Luckily, yeah. Sting didn't need to like get physical with him. But he was really holding them down on that pin. Like, don't kick out, motherfucker. Yeah, Just take right. the pin. We'll figure this out later. But, dude, that was probably the height of Jeff Hardy's problems. Problems, yeah. And, if anything, this encouraged him to get help, and he's in trouble again. Oh, okay, so Sting was champion. Thank you, Adam. I thought right. Jeff Hardy was champ going into this. So, Sting was champion. I mean, Jeff Hardy was the challenger. I mean, either way, based on this match, I mean... It was a championship match, but we know we were covering. Yeah. But I wonder what the outcome would have been. Like, was mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy supposed to go over? Yeah, maybe. And did he completely fuck it up? So, I mean, now you fast forward to 2022, the dude still has problems. So mm-hmm. you can only hope, you know, 11 years later, he's finally able to get the help that he needs. I hope so, and, yeah. And then yeah. even in uh, storylines back when he was with WWE, remember he had his... Uh, 20 year wrestling anniversary uh, everybody's on the stage congratulating him and then here comes heel Samoa Joe hey Jeff let me uh, let's uh, have a celebratory drink oh wait that's uh, something that you do in your past <laughs> it's like me harsh yeah and then uh, Seamus uh, doing or in the Thunderdome era having his uh, bar fights uh, with yeah with him uh, egg, yeah, well, they had, him and they had him and they had him crash a car too. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. right. Or a car was crashed, and you were led to believe it was him. I don't remember how right. that angle ended up uh, yeah. turning out. I think it wasn't him, but it was like I mean, for three weeks or whatever, you're like, oh fuck, he got drunk and crashed yeah. a car on the way to SmackDown. Right. It's, right. It's kind of, yeah. It's weird because you want to think that Jeff had uh, like uh, cl- cleaned himself up, and these storylines happen with his permission. Uh, because he knows that he's not going to be going that road. But unfortunately, here we are now with his AEW incident. Right. And wrestling has never shied away from leaning into those angles too, like real life problems becoming, you know, a wrestling angle. They did it with Scott Hall. They've done it with Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, you name it. They've, they've leaned into it. But yeah, I mean, real life comes in and you're like, okay, let's hope he gets the help he needs finally, you know, because how many times do we need to see something like this? Right, right. It just, it sucks, man. And the Hardys have been so successful. They've been going since, what, 97, 98? Yeah. And they're still as over today as they were back then, if not more so. They still right. set a, uh, sell a shit ton of merch, you know, mm-hmm. video games, toys, re- uh, cards, you name it. They're on all sorts of merch. They still sell a shit ton. And you hope that they can get it together because, honestly, they're if not one of the best tag teams of all time, the best tag team of all time. They're up. I mean, they're in the conversation. Oh, totally. I mean, th- that's not my pick. But if somebody were to say that, I couldn't argue with them. But let's hope he yeah. gets the help that he needs. I would say of the of like the modern era, they are because there are tag teams that go that are back in the day. You know, I mean, it, it just tag teams are different. True. You know, what I mean, yeah. there were guys like that would be like on the top of the card for three like, years oh, in, a, in a territory. Right. But um, yeah, like in the modern, from from Vince buying the company on, you know, from in any company i would say they're right up there you know yeah totally they've had a longer run than the road warriors did oh they 100 percent have yeah you know they've been apart but you know they always kind of would get they most of the time they were in the same company 
and right. they would get back together. So yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, they're definitely in that conversation. And there's a reason for that, that they're always getting back together because promoters are like, you guys are going to make us a shit ton of money. Go tag for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's like just, there's um, always so- a demand for them. Oh, totally. Don't, don't Absolutely. hundred percent. Because even to this day, I would love to see them together. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so when you got into that, I said, oh, now we're going to add on a sad note. I actually forgot that I had one more. Um, oh. So I think the oyster beer is starting to work. <laughs> and um, I have a happy one to end with. Oh, you're giving oh, us a God. happy ending. Thank you. A happy, I'm giving, <laughs> yeah, I'm giving all the listeners a happy ending. So relieved. <sighs> um, so mine is about Dr. Jerry Graham. And I've mentioned this briefly on the show before. And I don't know if either you remember or you have any idea where this is going. But Dr. Jerry Graham was a guy um, from the old, old, old days. He started in 1942 when he was 14. So he's like not quite pioneer days, but the next generation after the pioneer days. Um, huge tag team wrestler. That's why I was kind of saying that about tag, about tag teams. He and um, Eddie Graham were a tag team. They weren't real brothers. It wasn't either their last real name. And then they actually had the whole Graham family, which Superstar was brought in as Superstar Billy Graham, part of the Graham family. Okay. And there was also Crazy Luke Graham. And then there was like a couple other ones like Luke Graham Jr., like lower level guys. But he was a huge, 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 huge star, um, specifically in L.A. and New York. He, um, one of the most famous things he did early on, or I shouldn't say early on, probably 20 years into his career, was he started a riot at the Garden when he and um, Dick the Bruiser had a match against Argentina Rocca and Edward Carpentier, where he, after the match, they jump him. They're in the main event. Um, They jump the, he was a heel. They jump the baby faces. He bladed himself. And I think the story might be that he bladed Rocca without Rocca telling him to. (laughs) And (laughs) shit just went crazy. And the fans charged the ring and start throwing chairs. Um, You always hear about those riots in Memphis and the Cow Palace, but the garden wasn't known for riots. So this was pretty, pretty notable event. It ended up getting like mainstream news attention and they all got fined by the athletic commission. I think Bruiser wasn't allowed to wrestle in New York after that. Yeah. It was still real to them. Damn it. It was still real to them. Damn it. Yeah. So anyway, um, he liked to drink. Um, he was Vince's <laughs> favorite wrestler. Uh, the guy was a party and he was one of those guys who was like, Hey, he was like, kind of like Ric Flair. He was like, he drove around in a bright red Cadillac and Vince would roll with him when he could. His dad didn't really want him to hang out with him, but he would once in a while. Um, also, by the way, Cornette on his show this week, which would be, I guess, two, three weeks ago when you're hearing this, did a really good um, segment on um, on uh, Jerry Graham and Eddie Graham. So if you haven't heard this, I was already planning on talking about this when I heard that. Um, and he had a couple more little tidbits. So if you want to hear more about about both of them, um, check that show out. It'd be like three weeks old. Um, anyway, he would drive around in this red Cadillac and he would light cigars with $100 bills shit you know shit like that like he was just like burning money because he was a fucking party and he was making money um anyway 1969 his mom got sick they were super close she was in the hospital in really bad shape he gets drunk he calls the doctor and threatens to kill him if she dies jesus she ends up dying he gets the call he's probably was already drinking but whether whether he already had been or he started then he gets shit-faced Shows up to the hospital with his 12-year-old son, a knife, and a sawed-off shotgun. Damn. Fuck. Yeah. He charges in in the hospital. He pushes a nurse down, beats up a security guard, and he grabs his mom's body. Somehow he ended up finding her on a stretcher. He grabs her, throws her over his shoulder like a caveman, and he's going to steal his mom's body. 
Damn. Yeah. Um, on his way out, he ends up knocking down another security dude and dragging him across the floor while carrying his mom. And I don't Holy know how shit. he's got, I don't know if he threw the gun and knife down or the, the knife was strapped, you know, the knife was on his hip and the, the 12 the year olds carrying it for him. The 12 year olds. Yeah. You might, the, yeah, the 12 year old might be carrying the weapons at this point. <laughs> the cops end up showing up and they stormed the place and they arrested him. They, they got him. Luckily nobody got killed. Well, his mom died, but there were no murders. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, the cop, they arrest him and he ended up getting put in a mental hospital instead of uh, prison, which I feel like it had to be a pretty easy case to make that he was insane because he was trying to steal a dead body. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that to me, I always thought I've heard this. I heard this years ago and I was like, this is the craziest drunk story I've ever heard in my life. Damn, there could have been a real life Katie Vick situation there. Maybe oh that's what God. he was after. I don't know. Maybe. Well, well, I read that he was pissed at her too, but I don't know if he was pissed at her after this when he found out because she apparently, his whole career, he was sending her back money and she had a good amount of cash and um, he was pretty broke at this point. Like his career was kind of, if it wasn't over, it was winding down. Okay. He didn't have any money and his mom had like, like half a million dollars or something and she gave it to the fucking church instead of giving oh, it to him. Oh, dude. And some of that money was money he'd been sending to her through his career. So he was pissed. So I don't know if he knew that before this and that's why he stole her body or he yeah. found that out after, you know? Um, but I mean, I guess it probably wasn't that because he did call the doctor saying he was going to kill him if she died. So I think, he was just, <laughs> I think he just got drunk and fucking snapped. Damn, dude, that's, that's crazy. Up. Yeah, there was a movie. I'd have to, I, sh I meant to look it up and I just did a shitty job of doing notes. There was a movie about that. It was some fucking musician stole like his brother's body or something like that. Johnny Knoxville was in it, I think, if I remember right. I want to say it was Glenn Campbell, but I don't think it's Glenn Campbell because Glenn Campbell's the, um, that's the Ryan Stone Cowboy, right? Oh, you got me, dude. Is that, is that Glenn Campbell? I'd have to look it up. I'll try to remember to put that, I'll try to remember to put it in my notes for next recording because it was a really cool movie, but it was basically, but it was like a true story that happened and it was, I'm pretty sure Knoxville was in it and it was about some singer who went and stole someone's body from the hospital. <laughs> After they were crazy, dead. Like, dude. Yeah, it was completely insane. And I think they didn't even have a plan for what they were going to do. If I remember right. a long time ago. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could think of who. I can't think of who the damn musician was. But yeah. So that's it uh, for Jerry Graham. Wow. That's. Yeah. That's. A happy ending. <laughs> that is a happy ending. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not for the mom. Yeah, or the or Jerry Graham, or probably his kid. <laughs> it was a happy ending for the Baptist Church. <laughs> <laughs> they came up on so, half a mil. <laughs> silver lining, apparently. If that's the happy ending, if you want to look at it. Yeah, <laughs> that takes care. I think that's it. That right? takes care of our season four premiere of Wrestlers Gone Wild, especially with that one. <laughs> that's Wrestlers Gone Really Wild. What did you think of uh, these stories that we covered? Uh, and did we miss any? Please let us know on our social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, wrestling underscore drunk. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe and tell um, tell everyone you know about our show, all, all uh, family, friends, heels, and faces. Tell them to smash that subscribe button and leave reviews on iTunes and wherever you get uh, your podcast. Definitely want to hear from you so that 
Now for the fourth season in a row, we could keep this drunk wrestling adventure going. And we certainly intend to do that for this next season. On behalf of Scott and Eddie, I'm Adam reminding all of you to enjoy your buzz, watch wrestling responsibly, drink like nobody's watching, and we will see you all next time for another great episode. One, two, three, drink up! Season four, sucker. Nate. <laughs> we could just go home right now, or maybe we could stick around for just one more drink. Oh, yeah. Get another bottle out, let's shoot the shit, sit back down for just one more drink, oh yeah. Here's to us, here's to love, all the times that we fucked up, here's to you. Here's to us. Here's to us. Here's to us.